weird i think when people use skype and then like they don't show themselves i don't know there's just been so many incidents like i mean it's understandable if someone doesn't have a webcam but well, it just seems like well by this standard we could have just made a phone call <laughs> you know if you just wanted to do just audio might as well do a phone call instead of a skype call it seems like you're defeating the purpose i've done other podcasts and yeah they don't seem to like i don't know i think it's one of those things that's just kind of like uh I actually have no idea what it is. It's fine to me either way, but for me personally, I prefer the camera. That way I know if I'm like, I can see if they're about to talk or if they're trying to say something so I don't interrupt them or they don't interrupt me, you know? Mm -hmm. um, it seems to happen with us either way, though, just because our audio, there's like our internet connection so shitty. There's always a slight delay, yeah. No, but it's like nearly every podcast I've kind of guessed it on there seems to be half the time like they don't really do cameras which is fine maybe it's one of those things just like i think maybe they're afraid that someone's gonna like as soon as like they someone the, the camera comes off just someone just hey how's it going man like, you know? yeah, i get like i, I guess some people have that fear I, but it's just one of those ones it, it seems weird to like use skype and not use the camera though you know what i mean it's like using mm -hmm. facetime on like an iphone but you're like oh i don't want to look at you though but we're, why don't you just make a regular phone call? No, I want to use the FaceTime. But I don't want to see a face. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I get you. I never used FaceTime just because it's like uh, if I was in like in a long distance relationship or something. Like now, now I'm looking at some of the, all the shit we got now. I'm like, God, where was this shit when I was in a long distance relationship? This one made things so much easier. But in other aspects, though, it's kind of like I'm more of just thinking, man's going to kill my fucking data. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always that. That's always. I'm just a cheap bastard. <laughs> But, yeah, well, whatever. We're pretty much FaceTiming right now, just on Skype. Just Skype time. Skype yeah. time, in. Skype time! Like, why, why doesn't, like, Microsoft ever hire us for their advertisements? Aside from the fact we always bitch about Skype, so. <laughs> that, um, that might be the first reason why. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm coming in here with really nothing. It kind of probably shows. but Because my whole plan was to see doctor strange so that would probably kill at least 20 minutes of the podcast and then whatever else hap happened between here and there but due to scheduling conflicts uh we can't do it on saturday so yep <laughs> there goes my plan i, know, so I was like just gonna throw it out yeah, there we'll just talk about doctor strange the next time or whatever but um yeah no i know like we'll one of a few things anything. actually i did find a cool series that i haven't seen in a long time and it was like 10 bucks at the store did you ever, when you were a kid, watch a show called Briscoe County Junior? Briscoe County Junior. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing where they're the uh, cow, where they're cowboys, and they're also actually cows? No, it's not a cartoon. It's a live action show. Okay, no, is it kind of like Shelby Woo? Mm -hmm. Shelby Woo sounds familiar, but I don't remember what the hell that was. That was like the that was the very hip like um, as a Nickelodeon show. It was a live action. It was actually. Thinking back, I'm not sure if it was very stereotypical or not, but thinking back, it was like, uh, I think it seemed pretty progressive. It was like, uh, Asia, it was an Asian girl who was working for the, uh, um, she was like a, I'm not sure if she was a high school, like, 
high school, like uh, if she was in high school or something, but she was like working for like just a po- po- like you know um, police department, and she and they're like, oh, stay out of this, Shelby. Will we don't need you getting in all these shenanigans. So she was like, and then she would always say Drew Carey, but she was like Drew. What, what's her name? Drew. <laughs> Drew Carey. Nancy yeah, Nancy Drew. Drew, Drew Yeah, yeah. I guess it was kind of like a Nancy Drew, and then she would always end up helping out solving the investigation. Remember when I was a kid? I remember it seemed very serious. Maybe if I went back and watched it now, it was very melodramatic. But they were getting really, they're really getting across like things with computers because whenever they would like talk about, well, back, well, back when he was doing this, he accidentally. Bumped into him. Maybe when he did that, he grabbed and when they were saying this, it would be like a window for like like a, like a browser frame popped up replaying it. Was there saying yeah, it? Kind of shit, so. like, like, Why can't I do that actually on a computer? Well, well computer. Well, fuck. It's, it's movie special effects. Damn it. Someday you will be able yeah. to. Yeah. No, no. Briscoe County Jr. is it's not even a kid's show. It's um, it's a Western show that had starred Bruce Campbell. But when I was a kid, I didn't realize who Bruce Campbell was yet. But it was my like original favorite live action show. It was like one of those shows where it's like, Mom, what time does the cowboy show come on? You know, one of those ones before you even knew what the title was. You're just like, cowboy show, cowboy show. And then it came on. We'd watch it together. And it was one where it was like, it was a Western, but it had kind of like a little bit of comedy in it and a little bit of sci-fi in it, too. Huh. And it's a Bruce yeah, Campbell Bruce Campbell show? started it, which I didn't know at the time. And I actually didn't even, I couldn't even remember what the title was for a long time. I was just like, what the hell was that cowboy show that... It, we used to watch back in the day, back in the day when you only had like two and a half stations of stuff. So, you know, and this is a show that practically nobody really watched. It kind of like came out and went away. And that was about it, you know, because one, I think it was one of those kind of things. It was a Western that was kind of coming maybe off of like the Young Guns kind of thing, like hoping that Westerns are still popular enough, but maybe not. And, um, you know, then almost the sci-fi elements in it, they sort of remind me. Almost kind of like um, Big Trouble in Little Ch- uh, China, kind of like, even though I know that's a little bit more fantasy, but they kind of remind me like that kind of special effects and things like that going on in the show. You know, just enough to kind of add this extra layer to it. But I got, I found the whole set for 10 bucks, like eight discs worth, like, you know, 1200 minutes of the show. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'll take that for $10. Goddamn right. And I put it in, and it's like, I haven't seen that show since 1993 when it came out. And I'm playing the first episode. You know, it's pretty good. It still holds up well, you know, as long as you like Westerns and things like that. I mean, it's nine. It's, you know, TV is one of those ones that it, almost in general, I don't think TV, even modern TV, I don't think holds up, you know, a handful of years down the line. If you like the show, then you always will kind of like it. But it's sort of like Firefly. You look back at Firefly. If somebody was going to show you, say you never saw Firefly and someone's like, oh, dude, you got to check this show out. You would probably put it on and go, well, this is pretty fucking hokey. But if you grew up with it, you kind of forget that stuff, you know, going into it. But going to Brisk, I feel like Firefly works out well. Did, did I cut you off? It, it, it got stacked. Yeah, you probably did, but that's okay. Go ahead. Go but, ahead, man. You know, with Briscoe yeah. County Jr., I mean, it's maybe kind of in that similar. It reminds me kind of like if you like Firefly, you could maybe get into this show. But maybe if you had no attachments to it, it's like, who cares? But the cool thing, too, I noticed going back on Briscoe County, the cool thing in the first episode, I was just watching like, OK, this is great going along. And then all of a sudden they got the number three train appears in there. So I was like, oh, fuck, they shot that up here in Jamestown. I didn't realize that because that number three train, that's the one that's in Back to the Future three. It's also in The Unforgiven. It's I think it's in Bad Girls as well, too. And then it's also in a bunch of older Westerns that were shot in Tuolumne County back in the day. 
it's sort of dismantled right now. They're like they were like repairing it, and I think they still are. Well, how many? My thing is how many westerns are actually still shot in Jamestown or Tuolumne County because it was one of those things. They haven't shot anything since 1994. It was one of those things where it was kind of the go-to location up all the way until like the early 90s, and then it just suddenly just stopped. And maybe because people don't film as westerns as much as they used to. I mean, you might get a couple small little productions up there, but not very many, you know? Yeah, the last movie to be shot in Tuolumne County was Bad Girls 1994. And the main reason why that movies will probably never, ever be shot in Tuolumne County again, in general, other than small things, is that Tuolumne County fucked themselves because they, they, they're like, oh, yeah, we can get Hollywood by the balls now. They could pay us all sorts of fucking tax revenue. And then Hollywood you know, said, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're going to Canada. It seems Canada and and Tuolumne County's been blacklisted ever since for like movie making. Really? Wow, fuck. Yep. So that they because you know once again I think that's a downfall. Sometimes small towns, you just all you gotta do is get one greedy motherfucker in there who's like gonna go like I'm gonna take these big you know big fat cat guys and take them for all they're worth. And then next thing you know that they realize that no you you aren't fucking a very unique place. I mean. Yeah, it was great because, you know, it's all of six hours away from Hollywood. You got all this old-fashioned Western stuff kind of still set up. You got the trains. You got all these things. But here's the thing. So does about 50 other places in the whole U.S. and Canada and Mexico and that's Australia. Kind of, that's just funny. When you walk into, like, any, like, like restaurant or old antique store more in Tuolumne County, of like something from Unforgiven or Back to the Future 3. I'm like, this happened here. Remember? Remember? Well, that's the sad Please part. Please tell me you remember. They hold on to like their top 10 list of like, remember when, you know, High Noon was shot here? Yeah. The 50s Little was House on the time. Prairie? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, that's great. But you know, you know what would be nice is if you actually had something that was a little bit more modern. I don't mean that like in a snarky way, but I mean, now you're just literally holding on to what happened in the past. You know, you're like that failed kind of rock star guy. It's like, remember my hit in 1976? Yeah. Too bad you didn't write any after that. Yeah, Nine Days, we remember. It's a song about a girl. They cried yeah, a river and drowned the whole world. Though, right? You guys want to do a cover of it, don't you? You know, I could stand in. I, you know, I could fill it and sing. No, no, no. I don't, think any, I don't think people even remember that song, nor care. If you, if you need a headliner for the state fair, like, oh, well, we could actually, you could open for a Journey cover band. You can do yeah. that. Well, you know, I'm an original act. Yeah, I feel the Journey cover band's actually a little bit more original. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people actually want to see them. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and that's I can't kind of talk too part. much. Can't talk too much shit on. I mean, I, I get it. I, I mean, I, I get it why how it's the go-to. I don't want to try and talk too much shit on like uh, one-hit wonders because that's further than what most people got. But still, no, well, it's like it's nothing wrong with being a one-hit wonder. But it, I think it's just that rip. thing. When you tr when you try to live off of it, and I don't know, I've, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but it's kind of like some of the people you see at Comic Con who like did one cool thing in their life, and now for the next forty years they're gonna make money off of it. And it's just kind of like, well, why don't you go out and try to do another cool thing? I mean, you got clearly the revenue. You've got, I mean, who doesn't want to hire you know this one actor? There's gotta be somebody out director out there who really likes your stuff that you can at least kind of have a comeback. But it's like, nope, gonna live off that one thing. That's it. I will go to my grave as that one thing. And charge $45 for an autographed picture. <laughs> yeah, one of those things. So. I don't know, but it is kind of a bummer when people try to hold on to that and they can't get anything new going on. And that's mm -hmm. sort of the sad thing, too. It's like, 
realistically, and I know California as a whole is kind of a place where people generally don't want to shoot movies anymore because it just became too expensive, you know? So, I mean, I, I get that. You know, there's always going to be the handful of movies that will always be shot in L.A. Cause, so they don't have to drive anywhere. And they'll be the ones once in a while. They're like, okay, get a couple shots of San Francisco and we'll do the rest in CG. <laughs> I feel like that's what Ant-Man was. Because watching that movie, I was looking for a lot of like recognizable places. And I feel like, okay, I know they, they actually had to get Paul Rudd to walk down that corner of the Tenderloin. I recognize that. And then maybe a few other things. But everything else in that movie looks like it could be shot like on like a studio. And that's probably how it is. You know, it's like you just get you get a couple of exposing shots just to give the feel of whatever city you're in. And then from that point, on, I was like, fuck it. Just go somewhere else. You know, we'll just shoot the rest of the movie in Albuquerque. You know? Which part of me understands. I mean, because, you know, it's expensive shit. When Kevin Smith, of all people, decides to shoot Clerks 2 in Los Angeles, that's where you know that shit, it must be expensive to go back or go do something like that. Well, what makes that kind of always expensive is the fact that then you got to fly all your people out there. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, you're spending god-awful money for that. So that's where I understand why things are still kind of shot in Los Angeles. It's like you kind of go, okay, you got the tax or you got the travel. Uh, you know, let's just go up the tax. The tax is probably cheaper mm-hmm. there. But then when you get to other cities like, you know, like, say, San Francisco or something like that, you're kind of like, well, we'll just get a couple. We'll get about three days worth of shooting and then we'll just do the rest somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, which I get that. But it's still one of those things. I, now, when, when, you're, when you're younger, you just kind of think, oh, wow, you know, I know that area. Now you're thinking about, like, when you get a little older, you're just like, uh, yeah, that was probably just an exterior shot and this and that. You're, able to, you're almost like you, the wonderment's almost gone, you know? Like, Well, have you ever seen High Noon? Actually, no, I haven't. I probably should, but... That, that, one's, that one's fun to watch just to see the, the shots of Columbia, and I think they have some Jamestown ones in there, but, like, since it's Columbia, of course, it's like, just because it was 60 years ago doesn't mean it looks any different. <laughs> and But it's funny. It's just like, oh, there there goes... Um, oh God, what's, um, Gary Cooper walks around the corner. Oh, I know where that is right there. That's right next to the fire station. And then it goes back to some weird exterior that doesn't look anything like Columbia anymore. Or interior, I mean, and then it's back to like, oh, there's another shot of him walking past, you know, the stagecoach and then back to, you know, in another interior where you're like, oh, that's clearly not Columbia anymore. Well, there's one that like, well, actually one thing about Columbia, and this is going to be very local. This might like just maybe scare some people off. Like, I don't give a shit about where you guys are from. But the thing about hey, Columbia you, like, Don't is... you like High Noon and Back to the Future <laughs> 3? <laughs> Find a way to make to relate to the audience now. Um, the thing about Columbia is they want to be reserved and they want everything to resemble like the olden times there, especially that main street. Now the thing what's stupid about that is they want to make it look like the olden days. Like it's still like gold panning era. It's still 1868. Yet that road that no one's allowed to drive on is fucking paved. So even though it's paved and you're not supposed to drive down it, they have a big, they, 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 I meant the the tax tax dollars that went into paving that road, and now it's just like so. Now that's one more reason why people probably aren't going to shoot there. Because like, oh, why aren't they going to walk down the main street no more? Well, they can only shoot them from the waist up, or at least have them against the building. Because if they just go little, just barely look down, like, oh, that's <coughs> fucking pavement. No, yeah, that's pretty goofy. I mean, the one thing I can guess is they probably did that at one dumb time where they're like, oh, well, this will. Um... They probably did it when they're shooting black and white movies, so they, nobody thought of it. And two, Maybe. it was that thing that probably keeps the dust down for the fact that that would probably be... A, if you're a store owner in Columbia, that's probably a pain in the ass with all the dust just flying up as, like, tourists mm-hmm. drag their feet and you got fucking Boy Scouts, like, kicking sand at each other. 
But other than that, though, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, that just destroyed the entire authenticness of it. So now it's going to always look like it's at least 1920. We if you're lucky. Our, our, our buddy Cisco was in like a little independent Western that was shot down there and he got us to be in it to be extras. And mm-hmm. uh, that was the thing about that because they were shooting a lot of that around Columbia. And there is so much of this, just don't look down. Just don't look down. <laughs> you know, the camera always had to be from the waist up. Like, yeah. As long as we're in this farm or as long as we're in the saloon, we're fine. Well, that was one of those movies. Like The movie was so kind of like slapsticky that I feel like if you saw fucking pavement, that is the least of anybody's worries. It's not like you're shooting this authentic Western that it's going to have to need, like, it has to resemble 1868. It's like, well, this one was more like, it was weird because it was kind of shot like, did you ever see the villain of Arnold Schwarzenegger? I know of it. Well, that one's kind of like, it's almost like a Roadrunner slapsticky live action movie, if that makes any sense. It's like the closest thing to, like, if you wanted to do warner brothers looney tunes but without the looney tunes in live action like it has those kind of gags in it which is it's not a bad movie but it's probably like one of the weakest of arnold schwarzenegger's ones it's totally like fan only by this point yeah you like know but arnold it kind of fans say, hey, probably... it's, arnold, it's arnold in a western like the the arnold fans probably like oh right that one well that was the one where i remember when they first started doing commentaries i'm like you're the villain you're the villain god damn it That'll be a fun one. And then they finally did it like on their third one. <laughs> I need to see the villain. I've never seen that. Well, one. yeah, it's like it's a movie that almost like nobody's really seen. You pretty much can't talk with it on the street with somebody unless they're like a super Arnold fan. But it is, is it up there with Hercules Goes to New York. Or... I, Hercules Goes to New York, I actually would say I like that one more. Actually, that one's pretty fun. That is a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the villain's kind of one of those ones where it's like you watch it probably about like once like every 15 years. <laughs> Mm, like, yeah, oh, yeah, like just to remember, like oh yeah, yeah. just to yeah. go like oh yeah, you can't forget where we come from. It's a history lesson. Yeah. So there's that, but yeah, it is kind of a bummer though. If like movie wise, it's like there's so much great stuff that you could shoot western. But nowadays, it seems like one of the main things they shot in, like the last 15 years, whenever they do a western, you know, like twice a year, they would shoot them in Canada or Australia, and they they still use do Mexico from time to time. You know that that area because I think you because you, you can't really replicate the look of well half of New Mexico. You think that all of New Mexico is going to look like that, and then you realize that, like, oh, no, that's like a quarter of it. The rest of it's all boring and nothing. But that quarter is really badass looking. Yeah. Well, uh, was the guy who – you might know this because um, I didn't really know that that that, uh, that Tuolumne just put on this big tax. Like, well, if you're going to come to Tuolumne, you're going to give us a fuck ton of money. <laughs> like, was that actually the fucking mayor you interviewed when you're writing for, like, the college paper? Probably not because that – unless that guy's been mayor for, like, 20 years, I don't think so. Okay, because that guy really – when I shook that guy's hand before he did his interview, and um, he really seemed like – I am the mayor of of Tuolumne, of like uh, Sonora. Who wants to suck my dick? That's pretty much what that guy was. Because he was like, yeah, she's like, we need to make sure we get at all these big corporate businesses because people are going to Modesto. So instead, we will wipe out the mom and pop businesses and put in Walmarts and McDonald's and all these things so people don't have to go to Modesto anymore. And it's like, uh, well, you do realize that now people are going to Modesto to fucking go to mom and pop places, even though that's kind of a lost one too because now modesto barely has any i imagine that he takes his son up to the top of the red church that overlooks sonora and he said see this all this this everything the light touches is yours yours. (laughs) (laughs) what's that dark dark spot off in the corner father that is oakdale we never go there (laughs) yeah don't go to oakdale it's like the other sonora (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I don't. I and look, yeah, unless that guy for some reason has been fucking mayor for God knows how long. He was pretty old, so I guess maybe he could have like, I've got this town by the balls. Me and the Ku Klux Klan will never stop. Oh, that guy looked like he at some point. If he's not, if he's not a member, he at least donated or he has Thanksgiving with one of them. Yeah, exactly. He's like, okay, <laughs> that that was the kind of guy who's like. They're like, hey, Mayor, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but it's like, Mayor Bill, Mayor Bill's like, fucking hide yourself, you can't fucking just show it. He's like, take that fucking costume off. He's like, it's not a costume, it's my uniform. Shut the fuck up. Jesus <laughs> Christ, we're out here in public. You do know we have minorities in Sonora now, we gotta keep a much more lower profile. <laughs> <laughs> no, that guy just seemed like a god-awful person. Yeah, he just, uh, he just was that total, like, he seemed like, you know, kind of like the, uh, he used to go out and be like the guy in the Letterman jacket, like, there's one, but then got like a little bit more was, successful. Like, fag, drag, fag, drag, fag, drag. <laughs> yeah. We ran another queer out of this town. Then he got a little bit more successful, like, look, guys, not that I don't agree with it, just the polls show. Oh, it's always the polls now, Bill. Well, shit, you like doing what you want to do? You need funding? You need to follow the fucking polls. He's like, this is how we get our in. This is how we keep the Ku Klux Klan alive in Sonora. Because I can't know about us now. The world's a different place. After the 60s revolution, it's a hard time, you know. Us rednecks are getting outnumbered. <laughs> that was one of those things, because you know that, like, the fucking KKK and, and Sonora, and, like, I'm sorry, folks, this is a very, like, local episode here. But <laughs> this, is local. this just sounds like we come from the most god-awful place, too. Somebody came like, oh, my God, this is an area where that Ku Klux Klan is, like, hidden and, like, you know, and they, this is probably why they don't allow fucking movies to be shot there anymore. A friend of a friend's kid told me that all they really do is just sit and fold out chairs and bitch about Obama. That's, and I can honestly believe that. Oh. Like, one of them doesn't even show up, like, in the outfit. Like, like Sturgis, where the guy, where's your goddamn hood? Like, man, it's in the wash, my fucking bitch of a wife. Like, like, accidentally, like, spilt some fucking gravy on it. God damn it! So you know, we we all we don't know who's who. We don't need the fucking hoods. It's fine. Yeah, it's like you know, we, we got past the hoods. You know, now we can just kind of ease in. Oh, you'll like this though. When I was watching Briscoe County Junior, this kind of this is like a far back callback that probably nobody will remember on the podcast. But there's a part where it's got th these Chinese guys. They touch this like space object and they get these electric powers and they kind of break free from their chains and escape. They literally go to an underground Chinese city. And I remember like when we talked about the underground Chinese city of Sonora that we know exists, though no one speaks of it. <laughs> well, my thing is that Sonora is like, there's like 5,000. It's a very small city. Or very small, like, Well, there's county. more than that. It's like, no, I'm not even done. Like 5,000 Chinese restaurants. Oh, okay. There's like <laughs> fucking a million. There's so many Chinese restaurants. There's more restaurants. Chinese restaurants probably than there is American restaurants. Yeah, and I never see any of these people out in public. I don't see them out in public. I assume there's like this Batman and Robin esque pole they slide down down into like some underground city, you know? <laughs> exactly. Well, that what that's what made me laugh because Briscoe County Junior. Because that show mostly takes place somewhere in East California. So for all I know, it could be Twilmy County because they mentioned Stockton. There's a couple episodes where they're like in San Francisco area and they're going back and forth. So they're like dead center. California, if not somewhere up, you know, Tuolumne County, Calaveras County-ish. So, like, when they had the underground, like, there it is, Living Proof! That's a that's a TV show? Yeah, but Living Proof! <laughs> <laughs> the underground Chinese city. I knew it! I knew it! 
You see Will Pan <laughs> there at some point. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, let's like this is like the show. Like, let's talk about towns that probably people have never been to, shows that people have probably never seen. Well, you've seen them in movies. Now you know the real story. Yeah, but you know who a Chinese person is, a Ku Klux Klan member is, and Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Make it relatable. <laughs> Chinese people, KKK, and Bruce Campbell. We all know what those are. Shit. Yeah. You could go to a five-year-old's class and say, point to the Ku Klux Klan member. <laughs> probably getting close. You know, the farther time goes on, the more and more that probably gets kind of like, okay, this is getting put away. I just love that just little bundle. I just little, like, here's our three demographics we're aiming for. Exactly. No, but, like, I've, I've been watching Ash versus the Evil Dead. I'm not done with it yet. But oh, that I, show I just, is actually, I'm, that shows everything. I'm not done with it yet. Go ahead. Oh, oh you were talking? Oh, yeah. Got to go. Oh, staticky there. Um, that shows everything <coughs> I want out of an Evil Dead anything. It's kind of like, I'm not done with it yet. Uh, hopefully, it doesn't drop the ball in the last couple episodes. But It doesn't. It, that show, it's like, I'm actually kind of glad. I was like, Evil Dead show is cool, but I'd prefer a movie. That's, I'm actually that's really... That's kind of how I felt, too. Because it's mostly, when it, whenever something's a TV show, it mostly becomes kind of weaker material. But not this one. It's fucking tight. It knows what it, what people want to see, and it doesn't fucking hold back. There's the part where, I, I mean, because I, I knew it's a, I know it's a show, and there's there's certain things they're not gonna like, you know. I, I mean, I feel like even though I know it's rated R, it's on Showtime. There's still certain things they won't do. I was really surprised they still went to that B horror level of when like the bad guy, when like one of the zombies like grabbed the kid. He's just like, "You're a part of my fan club," and just chucks him into the ceiling fan. It just it's so like <laughs> so much more violent and so much more gory than you'd expect it to be. It's probably because it's, it's stars. Because stars can probably be ballsier than those other stations. Oh, it's stars. Yeah. Well, I know that it, they could. I know they can do that. But it's also one of those things where it's like. I know they would do that, but they also went out of their way to give you this false sense of security at the beginning because with that, because you see the kid in the bathroom stall and he just barely gets out of there. Like, okay, this is probably some little kid they're going to help out throughout this episode. And then he's off and safe. And then all of a sudden you see, nope, thrown right into a fucking fan. And like a couple of like younger, like preteen girls get thrown through a window, ice, ice skate in the side of their head. Like, oh shit, this show does not hold back. No, that show is great. And I think this is the other thing that I think is actually the, one of the best takeaways from it. The time length they are, like the 30-minute exactly episodes, best length for any kind of show. Because the downfall the most TV shows, I always feel, is when they're the 45-minute length. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it feels like you had a half-an-hour episode, and then you had to put 15 minutes of filler. Like, just about every show, even like the good ones. It's always like that, well, there's the 15 minutes of filler. That was always the, I always thought was the Breaking Dad, or Breaking, Breaking Dad, Breaking, breaking Dad downfall was that you had this great episode but then you had to put the 15 minutes of filler in it and that was always kind of obnoxious where ash versus the evil dead is just fucking non-stop from minute one to half an hour and it's it's like over you're like oh what the fuck there was no filler in it it was just all pure content and that's what i love i wish more shows did that and most of the time you only the only other things that you know that are like the straight half an hour or sometimes some the older animes used to be that so i don't know if in japan they just like oh we didn't know what the commercial was yet. We just made content. <laughs> you could put ads between these things and sell stuff. I don't know if that was the case, but you know, you watch any old like 90s and back anime and they're all like lots of times straight half an hour. It's like Street Fighter V's like that. I know New Dominion Tank Police was like that, but maybe those came on premium channels for all I know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's a good point right there. 
But yeah, um, this show though is everything I want out of an Evil Dead show, and I gotta finish it at some point. It's just it's at that point where usually when I watch something, it's when I go to sleep. But uh, that it's hard to sleep to that show. So and not because oh it's so scary, but it's more of just it's so loud and so there's always something going on. So now it's just a matter of just putting time to the side to watch it. Really, I know. Actually, I bought um, recently. Because I realized I had a shitty copy of um, Army of Darkness. It was like, I put it in. It was like, not in widescreen? Fuck this. Amazon, I need a new version. <laughs> I don't know what it is. That's like the number one thing that bothers me. If I have to watch a movie, it's like, oh, they didn't fucking format it for widescreen TVs. It's just like, when you, it, it's either you got to pull out your fucking old TV to watch it, or else you got to suffer with like shitty picture and it not fit, fitting properly. I know it sounds like such a horrible thing, but I was like... Whatever, I went on there, and there was a Shout Factory release of Army of Darkness. I was like, oh, fuck. Three-disc version of Army of Darkness? Give me that rape edition. And I bought it, and it was just kind of cool. It came with four versions of the movie. So you had the theatrical version, the director's cut, and then there was, like, an international cut, and then there was the TV version. So it was pretty much like the Blade Runner, like, ultimate edition, but of, like, Army of Darkness. It Mm. had, like, an hour-and-a-half-long documentary on it, and then couple older ones and then some like a couple other 20 minute ones on there it was like holy crap multiple commentaries i was like dude this is a fucking release it costs like 25 dollars but and it must have just recently came out because in the special features they talk about ash versus the evil dead so it must have came out right when that show was probably the first season was coming out i'm gonna have to look up look the thing up right there yeah it looks like it's it sounds weird but i think it's out of print because i had to buy it on amazon from like a regular seller they didn't have any like amazon amazon ones I mean, as I said, it costs like almost 25 bucks, but definitely well worth it. I'm not going to lie. I actually don't buy as much like older DVDs as I used to before. It used to be this weird, crazy like hunt for just weird, obscure movies. Uh-huh. But now it's at that point ever since like Netflix and other streaming services is at the point like, well, I can still see it and I don't have to go out of my way and buy it. So now I just it's almost become just strictly like new movies. In most cases, you know. It's funny, I actually, um, I practically never watch Netflix or any of those ones, even though I pay for them. Most of I just feel like, well, I pay for it so that Laura, my dad, has something to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, my, my, my dad was like the one, it's like, I go on my list of Netflix now. So I you can dad, watch like, his Marvel shows? <laughs> yeah, so I can watch like everything. <laughs> it's just, you look at all the things he's watched, like, holy crap. But for me, it sounds weird. It's still easier for me just to throw a DVD in, and, or a Blu-ray, and I kind of I like the quality still of a Blu-ray because the downfall is you like even though it's like, I mean if you're just streaming like whatever stuff that's fine, but you just don't get the same quality. Like if I want to watch a movie like something like you know Army of Darkness now that's probably one that like it's totally kind of like a must own. But I, I like to watch the movie like almost like the best way you know possible. It was kind of like when I went out and bought those Transformers movies. It's like if I'm gonna sit down and watch ten hours of Transformers, I'm gonna just gonna watch them on Blu-ray. I don't want to like half-ass this. You know those are probably perfect Blu-ray movies anyways. So let's just watch that. Then I can watch it on my 60-inch TV and, and, like, really enjoy it. I feel like you're committed more than what that movie's aimed at. I know. I think so, too. But it's like, nope. No, this Fucking isn't overachiever. Well, one, you could, <laughs> it, you could only stream, point. like, two of them. So it's like, well, fuck, I'm not just going to do that. If I got to watch all four of them, I might as well just get it. So it's weird. And then also, I feel like Netflix, because next thing you know, or any of those ones, you could be there and you're like, oh, fuck, it's been 25 minutes. And I've been just flipping through looking for something. Where a DVD is more like, uh, this one. And I put it in. I mean, I, I can do that sometimes where I'll sit there and, like, look through, like, my DVD. Like, what to watch, what to watch, what to watch, what to watch. But mostly I just got, like, here's my stack of the 30 DVDs that I have yet to watch. 
look at some of them are sealed for like the last year. It's got dust on the cover. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch that one. I'll say that when people are browsing, this is going to sound first world as fuck right here. When people are browsing <laughs> through Netflix, it's one. It's one thing when it's you when you're by yourself. And you're just you could browse all night long if you wanted. But when you're browsing with someone else on Netflix, it is seriously one of the most infuriating things. Like, just fucking pick something. I like my dad's way. He's just kind of come to conclusions like, if you don't know what to watch, four down, three across. <laughs> you just have to go with whatever four down and three across is. Strawberry Shortcake, the remake. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> and that, that's what it is. But yeah, no, it's like one of those ones like I almost... I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I actually watched Netflix. It's been so long. It's been weird little miscellaneous movies. I saw Event Horizon on there, and after listening to the junk food cinema thing on it, I started watching that. So Nice. So I said, yeah, the last couple things I've just been watching, I, I bought a handful of movies, some neat ones that like I've been looking for for a long time. I haven't watched them yet. Like I found there was an Evil Dead 2 on Blu-ray that was like, oh, fuck, this thing's got a brand new like hour and a half long documentary on it. I'll fucking buy that for $5. And then, because I was just kind of, it was like, Ash vs. the Evil Dead came out on Blu-ray, and then I just started going back. It's like, well, I'm getting back into these again. Let's go Let's go down the list. Mm-hmm. And then, what else did I find? Oh, I found, found Silent Night, Deadly Night. That was another movie from, like, my old movie list. Remember back in the day when we actually physically wrote down what movies we were looking for? Yeah. <laughs> when we all had, like, our list, and you would fucking take, you would go to, like, the city, and you would take your physical list. You would, like, pull it out like it's a map. Like, <laughs> like okay the buried treasure here and then you'd start like browsing through like a rasputin's or amoeba or something like that and you would go down your list yeah i remember those days yeah those those were good times i kind of i miss the old-fashioned like because now you know sometimes i'll go to like i'll go something like a rasputin's and you know there was a time period that that was like going to a fucking like the indiana jones lost ark storage place you were like Oh my god, especially like the one in San Francisco is like five stories of music, movies, and video games. I'm, like, I'm about to break your heart here. Are they uh, closing it finally? That one got moved over to the shittier Rasputins on 8th Street. So it's still oh, kind of there, but... So it's kind of there, but they got rid of the good one? The one, because the one on 8th Street wasn't like, it's not like god-awful, but it's, it doesn't got nearly as good of a selection. The one in uh, on like on um, Powell and Market, though, that was, like you said, five stories. Just, you know, this one, this this floor is hip-hop, and this floor is rock music. This one's alternative. This one's movies. This there's, one's There's anime. literally a classical yeah. section, yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, just such an... It was, like, it was almost, like, coming from, like, a... Now it's reached that point, though. I mean, I don't want to... It's not a big deal school. anymore, but there was a time period where that was, like, the most mind-blowing place you could go to. And you, you see, like, you kind of go to, like... You go to, like, some area, like... What the fuck is this? Like, well, this is like Asian horror films. This is called Asian extreme horror films. So it's like things like I saw the devil and the original like ring and all that kind of stuff. Like, what the fuck? You know, they just, well, like, so many like, weird I can't buy any of this stuff at Best Buy. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like so many weird little subcategories. And then they had, you know, like, you know, they even have like a section for like B horror films and things like, you know, independent. And, and you can like go by like films. sometimes like. 70s movies and 60s movies and yeah. yeah there was so much cool stuff and you know as i said like i stepped into one i went to the berkeley one a, a while ago and it was it was fun to browse around and don't be wrong there's something kind of cool about it. but i think due to kind of the internet you're in and, berkeley you're across the bridge you didn't call me 
that was when we was when we went to the Aelstorm concert in fucking Alameda or Oakland area. You guys were here. Oh, motherfucker! I didn't know. We should, that's we, we should have just invited you to it because I was like, wait, Dunnigan would have liked. That was where I saw. I literally there was a band that opened up for Aelstorm, and I was like, oh my fucking god! There's like Dunnigan in a heavy metal band. It was like he moved the same way. He had like the same haircut. He had the beard. It was like he moved the same way. <laughs> no, he did. Like it was like uncanny almost. It was like oh my, there's a doppel. They cloned you at one point. Fucking maybe Dr. Wong would like took a blood sample one time when he bumped into you. He's like, oh, never. What was that? Oh, never mind. Don't worry about it, Dunnigan son. Even though it's not Japanese, but still. And song would imply respect. So, yeah. But it was no, so, but it was, like, it was, it was like, like there was this, it was called, there was a band called, it was called Aether Realm, and they were kind of like Viking metal. They had the kind of fun. They're like Viking metal from North Carolina. <laughs> well, it's one of those things like, I just sent me that picture, like, this is your, your doppelganger. I'm like, like, is this you or something? I'm like, at a stop for a second, I'm like, is that me? Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's your Tyler Durden. When you go to sleep, this guy comes out and plays concerts. <laughs> I was like, maybe it is. Shit. Huh? Yeah. It was funny, too, because we even talked to the guys like, oh, my God, he talks like Ryan, too. It was so weird. <laughs> he just like lingers and kind of pauses a lot and just kind of like just rambles. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. It just made me laugh. I was like, oh, wow. Because you mostly you see people that are like similar looking. But then when you see those people, they're like, oh, man, that is like really close. I got to talk to this guy. Y- you should. It might just be my all my personal flaws that I know I have. I'll just see on him like, dude, you really got to fix this. It'll be, it'll be like looking at a mirror. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be looking back. Be Wait, is, this like a, is this like a tale of two cities or something like that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, let's switch places for a while. And like, no one will know the difference. I always <laughs> wanted to have an evil Asian landlord. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, what's this guy's shtick? Well, he uh, tries to work on cartoons and does a lot of writing. What's this guy? He's a bass player for a metal band? No, no, no. He was, he was like the, I think he was almost the lead guitar player. Okay, so I just got to get up there and I'll just like, I just got to come up with an excuse why I can't go out and play. Like, we're on, this is the, this is the tour that's going to get us signed. If you don't, if, if you don't, we're not going to get signed. Like, I'm sorry, guys. I got, I just, my hands fell asleep permanently, you know. <laughs> that's okay. Mostly, like, sometimes I realize, like, you go to a concert and you go, you know, you really could hit so many wrong notes and unless that's like, unless you're like a band like Kiss where somebody's going to fucking know because they've listened to your music so much. Mm-hmm. Nobody has any idea that you fucking messed up. You know what I mean? Like, as long as you're on beat and you look like you're doing it right, it's like nobody really has any idea. There's too much noise going on. I think I know. I think people notice more if you're a musician. Maybe if you're a musician, you catch it more. But even because... myself, you know, I like I noticed it because I'm like when, I, when they're bands where I don't really know their songs. Like I listened to Aether Realm and the other band was called Necro Goblin. Like I made sure I listened to them before I went to the concert. That seems like that's the best thing to do. If you if you don't do that before you go to concerts, listen to the bands that you don't know who they are, then you just stand there going like, I don't know what's going on. But as long Bob as you have head. a little bit of an idea, it's like, okay, well, I, okay, I heard this song or I heard that song. But a lot of times I kind of go, you know, for all I know, they could be hit. I mean, like, not totally wrong notes, but I mean, you could really kind of mess up all the time. And as long as it's not really offbeat, nobody's going to really know at the end of the day when it's when when craziness I, is going on. When I saw Chicken Foot with my uh, dad in, uh, in Tahoe, he pointed this out. I didn't even notice. He says, there's a couple of times when um, someone would hit a wrong chord or get the wrong beat, and then the other guy would look at him kind of like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, I mean, every once in a while you could kind of catch those things if you're, like, looking hard enough. But I think for the most part, like, 99% of people don't even notice that. I didn't even notice it so much. Yeah. He pointed it out. I'm like, I guess I did kind of notice, like, 
there's the there's the base player that it's not Joe Satriani. Joe Satriani was doing good the whole time, but there's the other Van Halen base oh, player. Oh, Michael Anthony. Yeah, yeah. My dad pointed out that he. I'm just going off what I what he told me. Maybe maybe he maybe he just doesn't like that guy. Maybe he's just talking. Maybe just spreading shit. But yeah, he totally <laughs> fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't fuck know. My, fuck Michael Anthony. He said he pointed out that like there was once or twice Chad Smith hit the wrong drum or like Michael Anthony played the wrong chord and uh, Sammy Hagar or Joe Satriani would like just shoot him a glance for a second, which I, I you know that happens. Yeah, I mean like that's the whole point of live music. That's almost like what makes live music special. Yeah, but. Yeah, well, then Aelstorm played, and if anybody doesn't know what Aelstorm is, it's not that band called Hailstorm, because that's what, whenever you tell somebody, like, oh, dude, you fucking like Aelstorm, and they're like, did you, you like that, that pretty much chick, like, trailer trash music band? And it's like, no, 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 pirates, pirates, all men, pirates. <laughs> you're like, oh, that sounds almost even worse. <laughs> At least the other one had a chick in it, now you're just talking about, like, fucking ass pirates. <laughs> <laughs> but that band's like... In like the last, you know, five or six years or whatever I've been listening to that band, that's been one of my favorite bands. Just so much fun. Like, I don't know, it's one of my favorite genres is sort of like that folk metal kind of thing. You know, it's almost like that's why like the Dropkick Murphys, like about like halfway through their career, it's like, oh, once they started adding bagpipes and everything like that, it's like it went up a level for me. Yeah. And that's in a sense what these guys are, but they just have like keyboards instead. And they got kind of like the pirate feel and they're all about sailing and crusading and fighting and drinking and all kinds of stuff like that. Just really fun music. So it was sweet being in that concert. We were like literally fucking dead center, hands on the stage, fucking crotch level view to like these bands. And it was just like, oh, wow, this is fucking. Sounds amazing for you. Well, it was just that point where you're like, if somebody, like when they walk like up. Laura, forward, there's this dick. Yeah, that's probably what it was. It's just like, yeah, if somebody like hit you in the back of the head and you went forward, it's like my head would have bounced off his keyboard. Because <laughs> <laughs> the singer guy has like a keytar, so it's like, it's right there that's in your face. But, um. Yeah, that was real fun. Got to meet, like, all the... Well, most of the guys. It was kind of like when we went to see Wednesday 13. It's like, oh, okay. We got a picture of the guitar player and Wednesday 13 and got to meet those guys. And then all of a sudden, you're like, can I meet the drummer? It's like, no. <laughs> no, you can't. Well, Wednesday 13, it wasn't even kind of like, can we meet the drummer? They, they were just all sitting in the corner, like, separate parts of the room. That was the thing. Because, like, Wednesday came in. He was doing autographing. So was the guitar player. And then everybody else, like, I want well, to... the guitar play wasn't even really doing it. We just kind of happened to, like, run into him afterwards. He was just kind of like, oh, you you want my autograph? It's like, yeah. He seemed gonna... a little bit more into it. Everybody else, there was one guy, there was, like, the bass player who was sitting there on his phone next to his girlfriend, not talking. Then there was the drummer, far corner, like, on his cell phone, just texting, and just... It was, like, so weird. It just, like, everybody was literally on different sides of the room. <laughs> it's so like, they, like they, the Wednesday 13, like, put a curse on them. Like, if you talk to anybody and ask for it and get, like, offer an autograph, you will be dragged to hell or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was so weird. Well, it's like, in this one, like, I got a picture with, like, uh, the main singer guy. I got to meet him. And it was funny. We, we've been sharing. Like, he's like, he's like, oh, I was like, oh, if we took pictures, like, oh. He looks at me. He's like, oh, we're doing it like this? Well, I guess I love you. I'm like, oh, okay, love you too. It's like this, like awkward, like, like man. Wait, wait, you your arm around his shoulder? Yeah, like that. And he, had and he was just kind of like, oh, really? All right, okay. And he had this shirt on. It said something like, "I had fun with the gay dolphin" or something like that on. <laughs> and then there was like, and he was he's from Scotland. And then the other guy is they because they have these kind of somewhat newer people. They've been there for like I think the last album maybe or something like that. But they must be from like Norway or Sweden or something because they have really like strong heavy accents. And um, got a picture of like the guitar player and the main keyboardist. And 
It was like kind of like, oh, I was just waiting to turn around and see like the fucking bass player and the drummer like cleaning everything up, <laughs> like not allowed to go out and mingle. <laughs> like they come out and the guy, the lead singer's like, back in your cage, and grabs like a chair. Like, <laughs> you know, they hiss and crawl back into a cage. I know, because it's like, well, where the hell? I mean, like if they were there, I, I'd get pictures of everybody, but I, I guess not. But no, this place in Oakland was like a really, really cool venue. And I think they also have like kind of like a small like wrestling thing that goes on like once a week there. That's like what the security guard was telling me. Cool. I wish I knew about it. I know. Well, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. It kind of came up as like, oh, Alestorm. Well, let's go to that. No, it's okay. It's only you're only like. And pause. You know, a thirty-minute Bart ride away. Not a big deal. You know. I know. I felt, very that, quiet. That I'm not like sure. I was I'm more joking with you than anything, but the static, it stopped and just freeze framed on this very awkward looking at her face. Like, oh, did I really strike a nerve just now? Shit. <laughs> well, that was like Kyle, too, because Kyle afterwards was like, well, why did you guys fucking invite me? It's like, dude, Kyle, you were the guy that said, hey, let's go, go to Alestorm. And then at, like right like a week before, he's like, oh, I might have to work. I don't think I can make it. And they were like, oh, OK. So then there's this guy named Buddy who, like, you know, gets massages. He knows uh cameron and everybody like that and we're like oh well buddy's going there let's just hop along with him and then mary kyle's like you didn't invite me like, well you, you said, said you, you had to work bitch. i just assumed that there was like, it was done it was like when we were buying tickets you weren't you were unsure so i said well i guess he's not going mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but um no don't don't take my i just want to things like oh i know you're in ten, you're in the area but don't take it as me being that like that bitter that's sad about it because i get it you know it's probably a last minute thing and i chances are it's it, probably it was kind of one of those ones because we're like are we going or are we not going are we going we're we not going and then all of a sudden it's like well buddy's going well let's just go with buddy and it's probably like five days away mm-hmm. and then we just kind of went and then and then we went to berkeley and everything like that i know you should have came because we went to the pinball museum in alameda that would have been kind of fun too when you texted me i do think i was like uh work i think i w- did have to work the next day when you texted. Oh, okay me. so yeah. so at least i don't feel too bad now yeah but um no the pinball museum was fucking awesome in alameda and that was something i've been wanting to go to for like two years it was like next time in alameda which you kind of go when the hell are you ever gonna be in alameda but you're like next time i am i'm gonna go to that fucking pinball museum <laughs> just in case i take the wrong freeway exit and that pinball museum was sweet. It's like you paid 10 bucks, and we were there for an hour. You got to play unlimited pinball. They had like over 100 fucking units. They had some from like 1898 all the way up to like modern ones. It was totally badass. Did and that's where they had that me, Rolling Stones one that I sent you that picture of. Yeah, I was wondering what the fuck's that about. Okay, cool, yeah. It was like a 1978 Rolling Stones pinball machine that I played. And yeah, there was all kinds of cool things. They had like all kinds of like history stuff there and different ones. So if like you're into like, in a sense, like real retro gaming... That was pretty darn cool. Thing about pinball, pinball machines and um, arcade having an arcade unit, they're like the coolest thing at first, but then they just break down so easily and it's so expensive to like repair. Yeah. My my dad used to have a um, he used to have a pinball machine in his garage for like the longest time, mm-hmm. but the thing like the thing really just it took one small little piece. It cost like. Eight hundred dollars, and then the time to attach it to like this. It was an old like nineteen eight. It looked like it wasn't two thousand one Space Odyssey, but it had that kind of like the future. And <laughs> it was like it was like, it was like we yeah. tried to get the rights to two thousand and one, but they said no. So here's kind of a knockoff. 
it was kind of like the artwork of it. I mean, it was just, it was this total space themed. It, it was cool, but it was a very like, you know, like late seventies, early eighties type of uh, kind of space motif, you know, with astronauts and all that. And that thing, it was really cool. And I remember playing it and I remember it working in our house for a while, for in, in our garage for a while. But then, you know, just some point it just stopped working and it was just like, uh, I think the last time it worked, I had to be probably like maybe in the third grade, maybe the third grade. Well, there's there's so many working parts and wires and electronics and a pinball machine that like I could totally understand why. And that's probably like almost like the downfall of pinball machines is just how expensive they are to create and make and all kinds of stuff, even though they're really cool things and what made kind of nice going this one i mean like it's cool to play some of the really old ones but for me too it's like oh dude there's the ones like i I, like the indiana jones one i fucking remember when that came out and they had that in the pizza parlor and you know like the back to the future one and all these other like little pinballs you kind of see along the way and that to me was really cool the only one i was kind of bummed they didn't have is they didn't have the jurassic park one because i remember that one being like oh my god there's a fucking jurassic park pinball machine which i think they have that at santa cruz but I mean, there's a pinball machine for nearly everything. I think it's more of just because it's it's always the same fucking game. I think yeah. it's always like one of those things. Like, well, what's cool about it is like the particular motif. Like, I remember well, like the theme. You walk by, like, oh, Adam's family pinball, whatever. Oh my god, <laughs> Mario pinball. You know, and, exactly. Yeah, it's like same game, but that's almost like what you know gets you in there. I remember well after a while when pinball machines started becoming rare. I remember at Pizza Factory in Twainart, they had like it was like NBA pinball, but like at the time you're like it's pinball, that's good enough. <laughs> if this is all we get, I don't care. <laughs> Might not be a theme that I care about. It was probably like you know like play like the Charles Barkley pinball adventure. It's literally when it gets down to it, it really is just kind of like um, like a, a desktop like a desktop wallpaper. Really, when it gets down to it, is what the theme is. Yeah, it really is. You know, it's like one of these days, it's like, someday I'll own, like, a Jurassic Park pinball machine. That'd be, like, the only one. If I could just have one, that'd be my chosen one. And I would like to have, I'm not going to lie, but like, it's at that point where you're, like, money is no object. Like, yeah, maybe then I would get the 1970s Rolling Stones pinball machine. But Those, to me, it's just, like, just to have, like, even if you only had, like, five arcade cabinets in your house... There would be something just kind of fun. It just it looked cool because every single time you invite somebody over, they'd be like, "Oh, dude, what the fuck? You got one of these things? That's so badass!" You know, it's kind of like because I, I, I almost look at it this way. You know, like in the olden days, it was always about like, "Ah, oh, I gotta have your bar. Once you got your bar, you invite your guest over, you make them drinks and all these kind of things like that." And then that started kind of fade away. Not saying that people don't have bars anymore, but there used to be a time period where it's just like it was you know everybody fucking had a bar. My, my grandpa. He was 97 years old. He still had, like, a little bar, like, built into his house. It was just like, well, you got to have the bar. I mean, like, how are you supposed to entertain your guest? Exactly, you know? yeah. One of those things. But for me, it's like, well, it's like, no, no. It's almost like for our, like, generation. It's like, no, what you got to do is once you finally get it, you got your fucking arcade in, like, your house. So that you can, like, act like, you know, you, <laughs> you got your arcade and then you got your pizza parlor, like, built <laughs> into your house where you got your brick oven pizza. So when people come over, you can make... You know, pizzas for them, play video games. It'll be just like fucking 1995 <laughs> at your favorite pizza parlor when you were kids. Yeah, yeah, there is something about that when you're a kid and like when you're waiting, you go to whatever your favorite pizza parlor was and just go get a couple of quarters and go in the game while waiting for the pizza and just go back to playing video games. That was when this, that was a big deal when you're a kid. I don't know if video games are doing that now. I'm not sure if pizza parlors really have that now because I remember the, the, the video game area was always crowded with kids. I'm the sad part now is 
there there's almost every time I go to a pizza parlor and they have an arcade, there's almost nobody in there except for myself. And you know, once in a while you might see somebody kind of venture in there, but it it is not. I remember I just remember being like in 1995 and four and everything like that. You would go, you would stand in fucking line in Twainheart of all towns. There would just be like the there'd be like ten people plus in line for like each arcade cabinet. You would put your fucking quarters up and wait your turn. It was like all orderly and stuff like that. And it's just a bunch of like children and teenagers acting orderly, which sounds odd to say when you get older. But <laughs> I will say this is going to be like a very weird like. This is gonna be, I'm going to come back around to the main topic in a second, but it was a really weird little callback, which you never really – which it's like, oh my god, it's been so long. People this day and age don't get that. But there is the part like in Daredevil season one where um, somebody stashed like uh, – I don't remember what it was. Somebody stashed like, a piece of evidence or something important inside of a pinball machine and um, – st- uh, Wilson's Fist's right-hand man, Wesley or Steakley uh, – uh, I think it's Wesley. 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 He's standing behind the guy playing the game. He's like, back off, guy. He's like, back off, asshole. It's my turn. He's like, just puts his quarter down next to him. He's like, I got the next game. Like, that <laughs> was something you forgot people would do that. They just put their quarter down next to him. Like, next game. Well, I remember one of the big, like, some of the games that were just ginormously, like, the fucking line when, like, out the arcade was... When they got the virtual fighter cabinet, because it was like mind blowing. Not only did you get this new fighting game, but it was like fucking in 3D, so it like blew the fuck out of everybody. Anytime and I remember, you know. like finally, like I like I probably waited in line. It was almost that one where your parents were like, Jesus Christ, we've had this pizza sitting here forever, and they've been in line for like a half an hour. <laughs> you know, like like you're fucking gonna get on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland or something like that. And you finally, it's like, okay, who are you gonna choose? Uh, Cage. He looks badass. Click. And then you finally get to play this game. And it's like, oh my god. And you probably get your ass hand to you because whoever the other guy is probably been playing it for the last like two hours because it's brand fucking new. But, you know, he's probably been there all night long. And it was there, just, oh, this experience was so cool. There was a, um, what was it? There was a shit regarding that. Oh, yeah. I remember there was this time when maybe you're part of this conversation. It was like that point was this has had to be somewhere in mid high school where the concept of having some arcade games was still like seemed very plausible or not plausible because they weren't that expensive because i remember like when the mall was selling them they were like two thousand three thousand dollars so you thought like well that's not that far off i guess (laughs) one of those things like man if i could have just like some weird situation where i just had like four or five of the top arcade games i'd have which ones would it be it would always be something kind of like okay you got the three ones that are obvious that you'd really want like Mm -hmm. marvel versus capcom 2 or something like that and then like or like I remember like one. I remember what my whole list was, but we'd always say like, "Dude, what, what would you, what would your like man cave like four or five arcade games be?" Because that's to fit in the same room or whatever. And I remember mine was, and you, you, people are gonna laugh when they hear this. Mine was Sonic the Fighters. Oh, that, that was would, that, that would be rare, fucking badass to have one. That was such a rare game, mm-hmm. and it's basically a dumbed down version of Virtua fighter when it gets down to it. It's not really an amazing game, but I remember that was like, it was so such a rare game. And then, yeah. then, then they came out with Sonic's gym collection. Never mind, Scratch that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's done. But I, I remember there was actually one time in like, so a lot of people don't know of that game. And I remember this actually kind of made me feel it, it didn't take any real effort, but it made me kind of feel kind of special for a minute. I uh, was in like a film class 
And at some point, the two main characters are playing video games and they're playing Sonic the Fighters. One guy stood up and cheered in the classic, yeah! Like, oh, that guy gets it. Well, because it was a big deal. Sonic the Fighters was that, it was that game as a kid I fucking looked for it and could never find. I remember going through Las Vegas, going to like all the casinos, and it was like, it's gotta have a copy here. Where the fuck is it? it? And I could never find it. I, I, I know, yeah, one of the one time I went to Vegas when I was like 13 or 14, I came across like, <gasps> there it is. The casino was it in. It was like, I want to say, you know what? Um, I'm trying to remember which casino it was. I think it was whatever the Eminem Museum was. I want to say, because there's one that was, there's like one, because there's a bunch of stuff in Vegas, but I want to say there's the building, which is all kids shit. And there's one that was like, I think it was the Eminem Museum. I don't know if it's still there. And the floor below that, they had a massive arcade, and one of which was that game. At least I remember it being that game. Huh. Well, realistically... They had a fighting game section. It was right next to Street Fighter Third Strike on a big widescreen. Oh, that's badass. Well, realistically, back in the day, Vegas was like the fucking mecca of arcade games. It was kind of like, if you wanted to fucking play arcade games, especially like in about, I mean, from the 90s on up, but like, I remember just like in the early 2000s, like... That was just the place where you went and you're like, holy fuck, I can find any of my like 80s and 90s ones that I've missed out on. Plus, they got all the latest ones. And the thing was, is you just every fucking casino had an arcade. So you could literally fucking arcade hop all night long, you know, because you, you get like your parents be like, here you go, guys. Here's 40 bucks for the each of you. You're like, oh, fuck, we're going to go fucking hit Vegas up and fucking play arcade games, which really... When you play arcade games, you can burn through fucking money like really fast because each game mostly costs like a dollar anyways. Here's what I really like right here. <laughs> of everything that like probably, you know, you can do in Vegas, <laughs> you're going like, as soon as I get there, you know, like we're going to a car with a bunch of guys like, man, as soon as we get there, we're getting us a pound of blow. We're going to playing some crafts tables. <coughs> we're going to go to the fucking strip club. We're going to get fucking laid. And it's going to be the fucking most awesome night. Pan a car over. Fuck, dude. I hope they got Sonic the Fighters. <laughs> well, when you're 12 years old, dude, that's what you want. You're like, dude, we're going to the, the thing fucking. Is, I know you do that. I know you do that if you went there now. Because <laughs> you exactly. don't drink. So Because well, this is what it was. It'd be like 12 years old. It's like, oh, fuck. We're going to Vegas. You know, you, we're going to go hit the arcades. And then you'd be like, oh, my God. Fucking Robin Williams is fucking, fucking on stage. Like, we got to go. And I remember, like, because we we're there with, like, Cisco and his parents. And we're like, oh, fuck. We got to go to Robin Williams. Which... You think about when you're later on in life, you're kind of like, you're like, this is a one and only time. But you're like, the parents you can see go like, yeah, $150 a ticket. No, we're not doing that. I understand that. <laughs> you know, yeah. When you get older, you're like, totally. Well, I understood this because I was the fucking guest. I'm like, well, I, I don't make any decisions. If, if they, we do happen to go, this will be amazing. But I, I, I am the poor friend who, I, like, I always did the thing too. Is like, if we went out to dinner, I made sure I ordered like the cheapest thing on the menu because I always felt bad when other people had to buy, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. you know yeah. but that was one of those ones where i remember like sis was like dude come on mom we gotta so cool you know 12 year old like come on dude the fucking coolest thing ever it's like it's, it's he's expecting like mrs doubtfire robin williams or genie from aladdin robin well, I mean, williams he's not know, expecting robin williams to be like, like uh do we want our 
these 12 year olds to be going to see Robin Williams. It's like, it's, they're not going into the Robin Williams. It takes like a water bottle, like retaining the cum all over stage. Like, you know that thing when you're fucking your wife and you're just like, you're on Viagra and you run out of cum, but you're still coming, you know? He's <laughs> like, yeah, Robin Williams fucking peed on me. Woo! He's like, ah, uh, that's not, yes, I guess I did pee on the, 12 year olds in the audience well, in the front row because that might sound weird if i said it the other way this had to be when he was doing like around like that material of like live on broadway when he's like pretending to eat someone out just has his elbow just the, you know it, it had to be because it was like 2000 or about yeah 2001 maybe it was like when we were there that is one of my favorite stand-up routines. I don't think I can't think of a time I laughed as hard as I did watching that stand-up routine. No, I don't um, think a lot of things top that. And it is one of those ones, like in hindsight, it's like you kind of think it's like, whoa, man, that would have been real fucking. That would have been like prime Rob Williams to go see. But no, I, I do understand price-wise, because you, you know for a fact the tickets had to be like over a hundred dollars, and mm-hmm. over a hundred dollars in like the early two thousands would have been like two hundred dollars today. Exactly. I, I'm still, I had an opportunity to see him one time, but it was like, I had to work the next day and it was expensive. I'm like, ah, next time. And then later he, you know, not, not like, not like a few weeks later, but I mean like probably like maybe a year later he hangs himself and it's yeah. just shit. That's why I feel kind of bad. I had an opportunity to see Iggy pop over at the Masonic theater, but I was like, it's expensive. And I'm thinking, fuck, he's getting up there. I should, I should probably. I know. That, that's always kind of how it is. You go, man, I really want. And you're like, oh, fuck, $150. Jesus Christ. And then for me, it's like, I always, I always factor in. It's like, well, okay, the ticket's $150. But then like all the, then it's like, then you got to pay for all the other stuff just to get there. And then you're like, fuck, next thing you know, it's like a $300 ticket. Mm-hmm. But which you, you sound bad. It's like, but then you could see Iggy Pop. It's, it's a weird toss up. You know what I mean? You're like, well, hopefully he'll play like in Sacramento where it'll be like half the price at some point. Iggy Pop with Top Ramen for a month or no Iggy Pop ever again, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. You got to make those. Now, really quickly, what do you think if you had to say today you're making your man cave and you need five arcades? They can be either, you know, games or video games or pinballs. What are the five you're going to choose? To fill it out just off the top of your head. I mean, it doesn't have to be like an exact science list. Like you're gonna fucking save up, you know, twenty five thousand dollars right now and go like, this is what my life savings going towards. Some of it is out of this is legitimately one of my favorite games. Some of it is out of just like, oh, that's uh, that's an odd one. That's kind of cool. I, I didn't even know this was here. You know, mm-hmm. um, Street Fighter Third Strike, like a very nice, cool, like, like widescreen screen one. Of yeah. yeah, Marvel versus Capcom too. Mm-hmm. Like like one another big display of that, um, the Mario Kart you can drive, or you can sit in and drive. Oh, that'd be pre- that'd be cool because you can't even get that game on consoles. The Rolling Stone arcade cabinet you sent me, mm-hmm. the pinball one. Yeah, and the fifth one. Fifth one's gonna be a weird one. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I know I can get Third Strike, and I know I can get Cap- Marvel vs. Capcom two on console but they're just there's something different it's about cool. playing an arcade yeah yeah there's something um, cool about that with a fighting game i kind of want to say out of nostalgia um the simpsons brawler but if not the simpsons brawler the jurassic park game where you're shooting at the t-rex that's chasing you down the simpsons one that was another game that had a ginormous fucking line when that game came out like in 92 or 3 or whatever it was or probably came a year later to like my area but i remember that being huge that now, was those... literally a game where you know, I love that game, but that was literally a game where it's just kind of like you sent the character designs to uh, Konami. Konami, 
and they literally found a way just to make a big brawler. No, that not that much action ever happens. Well, the weird thing too is that Simpsons. game was one of those ones. Like I think it was made before the third season even came out. Like it's it's all based off season one and two. Sort of how like those mm-hmm. South Park games that came out, like on the N sixty four. That South Park game's only based off season one. It's kind of amazing to think when you go, holy fuck. I but, think that was a time back when they now I, I really don't know the business of it so well, but I think that's like back in a time like, look, this thing's gonna run out quickly. We gotta sell shit on it <laughs> now. We gotta make a movie now, and now they have longevity. They're like, oh wait, we could kind of take. Our well, time. I think that's the same thing too because South Park the movie came out after the second season. Isn't that mm-hmm. weird to think? Okay, yeah. well, here's my arcade list for sure: Jurassic Park, The Lost World. That's the number one game I want. That's like something where you sit in the booth. Yeah, that's where you go in the car booth, you know, because then there's the first Jurassic Park game, which is fun, but not nearly as cool, where it's on, like, the rocking car chair thing. And that's where you're shooting the T-Rexes coming after you? Or is it just part well, of Well, you, you shoot T-Rexes in both of them, but the one you're thinking of, I think, is The Lost World, where you have, like, regular pistols. I'm thinking of one where I want to say the whole game is where you're sitting in a car. It's like it's like the part where you're you're being in the, in the first one where they're being chased by the T Rex and you have a gun. You have to fire at it. Maybe that's in multiple games though. That might be the that might actually be the first one. Is it like you have a turret gun? I think so. Yeah, that's the first one because the second one you have just a regular light gun. Mm. And now the Lost World, that's the one that I would want. That's like the main one I'd want. There's probably more but, longevity in that one. I'd probably switch my other one out for that. It's a good idea. Yeah, I would probably want. This sounds like. You just want to push the Jurassic Park shit, but the Jurassic Park pinball machine, I'd want that one. Another game I'd probably want is actually, I would like to have probably the Dead or Alive 2 arcade cabinet. Um, I would probably go with, like, a Time Crisis. And if I had to choose a Time Crisis, I'd probably choose number two. Seems like everything's two. He just likes two. Yeah. And then my even. fifth choice. God, that'd be it. What would be a real sweet fucking arcade? Mostly it's kind of like, I feel like when I choose an arcade ones, if you, if you just have endless money, it's kind of like, we'll get the ones that would be like, I think. A fighting. claw game, a claw game, grabbing <laughs> a stuffed animal. Yeah, get a claw game and you fill up with your own shit. Like, okay, you got to get your own keys out of there now. I can't, I can't leave the house until I get my own wallet out of the claw <laughs> my game. My wallet, my keys and my cell phone all in the claw game. No. God, what would I go? You know what I actually I'd probably go with? Now, this is just more like a nostalgia one, but something that I really like. I'd probably take the Sunset Riders. Oh, fuck. That's a good one. Because that's one of my favorite fucking games. Now, I know it's like, yeah, I can play that in emulators on my Wii and everything like that. But there is something kind of cool about having the design and everything like that. Plus, that'd probably be a cheaper one compared to, like, Time Crisis 2 arcade cabinet and things that are, like, these ginormous apparatuses. I think about Time Crisis is I couldn't tell you a thing. They're like there, there are stories in Time Crisis because there's always a cutscene that's these well, two established like, guys. Don't care, don't care. Click, click, click. Let yeah, you know something. And you know, it's like people worked on it <laughs> trying to make like a very like we want to make a cool game and have its own story. Don't care. Click. And then yeah, even though this is like one, like another one that would be kind of cool to have is the House of the Dead, the original one, because you can't technically get that game on anything. For some reason, I don't know. Somebody told me once, they're like, oh, well, Sega fucked up and like they had their coding, code for the game, like they lost. I'm like, well, can't they just fucking retrieve it out of a arcade cabinet? Like, no. They put a blocker on there to make sure nobody can retrieve it, not even themselves. And I don't well, know if that's totally true, but I've heard that before. So it's like, oh, okay. And that's why they say that why you never see House of the Dead 1 ever on any of those like House of the Dead packs. Like, it's never come out. Like, there's one on Sega Saturn. But it's kind of a shoddy version, and plus it costs like a hundred dollars used, and it's not even a very good version. But they, yeah, they've never had House of the Dead 
one released on a system. Like I, I was always like, why is that not on like the when they did the House of the Dead collection on the Wii? Why don't they just put House of the Dead one on there too? But it's like, for some reason, Sega can't. Like, we can't. We can't. We can't. We can't, <laughs> we can't break the code. <laughs> I'm surprised I never see Street Fighter 1 everywhere. It's kind of like Street Fighter 2, the only one that ever came out beforehand, you know? I, the only collection you can get Street Fighter 2 on is they did the Capcom Classics collection for PSP, and that's the only one it's on. Street Fighter 1? I think it's on, yeah, because they did Classics Collection 1, and then there's Classics Collection 2. And I have Classics Collection 1 on PS2, but I think on Classics Collection Volume 2, they actually have the original Street Fighter. And that's like the only time I think you can physically that one. Have you you ever, only, I played it in the arcade, though. It's fucking I've weird looking it. in the arcade. It's got, like, a joystick and, like, one fat button. <laughs> yeah, well, I, want, I remember it played weird. I played a little bit. It was, like, you played as only Ryu and Ken, and I want to say the guys you fought were actually playable characters in Alpha 3. Yeah. They're in the line. It was, like, it was Eagle, um, a, uh, Aiden. Uh, Sagat, Aiden, and I, I maybe was it the samurai guy with the two sides? I forgot his name. But. No, I don't think he was in that one because he he comes from Fatal or um. Final he's a fight. boss in that game. He's a boss in Fatal Fight. Right? Final Fight, yeah, he's in that one. Because so because that's kind of what Alpha was. Alpha was sort of like, well, here's the lost characters from Street Fighter Original, um, some characters from Final Fight, and a couple new characters. So it's kind of an interesting like crossover game. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of my favorite Street Fighter. Alpha Three, I think, is my favorite Street Fighter game. Yeah, yeah, that's that probably is the all-time best one. Well, I hate to kind of wrap things up quickly, but I got to go walk the dogs and then go pick up Laura before it gets to that point. So, well, I guess we'll just call it good right here. But that was a fun little trip down arcade nostalgia mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. And I wonder how many people are like, God, these guys are getting fucking older and older, and just talk about remember this, remember that. I really understand. What remember when arcades, when you weren't the only one in there. Remember when you had to write down on a piece of paper like what you wanted and walk around a movie a movie store for it? Yeah. Like it's, I really see when like a child wouldn't point, point at you and say, look, mommy, an old person. There's a senior citizen in the arcade. He's probably going to die any second because he's so fucking old. <laughs> You're like, thanks? That was harsh. Okay. Yeah, it's like, jeez. <laughs> Hurry, Mom, get your camera. He's probably going to die right fucking now. <laughs> yeah, like, he's he's an old, old, old man. Oh, why You're like, yeah, thank you, okay. It's like, <laughs> look at him walk around the relics of the past. <laughs> <laughs> this must be how Sean Connery felt at the end of <laughs> fucking Indiana Jones 3. <laughs> My life's work. It's finally here. My boy brought it. <laughs> look at look look at the Jurassic Park arcade cabinet. <laughs> it's as beautiful as I remember. Like everything I pictured it would be. I have a feeling. Say you have a kid some down the line, and you're going after the fabled Jurassic Park <laughs> fucking Jurassic Park uh, arcade machine. The, uh, the 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 pinball machine. Say the song the fighters one because that sounds even funnier for the fact that that car arcade actually is rare. Sonic the Fighters one, okay. Sonic the Fighters, and your kids are like, "There it is, Dad. There, there it is." And like, he has that moment, like, "Let it go, son. Let it go." You just push the kid out of the way off the cliff and grab it. Like, I'm going with it. The people are like, "You're like the Nazi guy." Instead, it's like, "It's mine. It's mine. It's not worth it. I can reach it." Or you like, or it's one of those things you just like 
you as, as everything's crumbling apart you put it in you select you select like bark the polar bear and you just age rapidly like he she chose poorly he chose poorly <laughs> It's no one ever plays his part. It was the controller. Oh, uh, he's using the old-fashioned blame the controller bit again. <laughs> Sonic, that's always the right choice. There you go. Do people still blame the controller nowadays? I just feel like I haven't heard that in a long time. That felt like that used to be like a, like an old gamer problem. I think the last time you really could blame the controller was the Wii Mote. Yeah, that prob- probably is an easy one. But well, let's wrap it up here. If not, I'll, I'll have to scramble. I'll have to scramble. All right. Okay. It's scrambling. Well, make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. Until then, I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. And I'm Ryan Dunnigan. We'll see you some other time. Later, folks. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange. <laughs>